Salutations, and welcome to episode two of By Definition, a short-form podcast about words, what they mean, and what they actually mean. Today we tackled the word human. Before we jump into that, I want to take a moment to get on the same page, or at least try and explain my roadmap that I have for this show. My goal is 10 episodes, with each future episode, including today's, coming in under 15 minutes. I want to cover a single word in each of those episodes. I've chosen the nine words that we have left, including today's word of human, to kind of progress us towards a deeper understanding of maybe where humanity is at this point in time. And I thought that I was going to do it in a less complicated to more complicated or less emotionally charged to more emotionally charged kind of format. But what I realized when I started digging into the idea of human and what that word means and the connotations surrounding it, I realized that, wow, this might be one of the more complicated words on my list. And it's the first one we're hitting. So as we get further in, we'll have to see if we go into more complexity, less complexity, more emotions, less emotions. We'll find out together on this journey. Um, but know that I do have a, a roadmap in place and I'm hoping they're gonna, each episode will relate to the next one in a progressive way. So since I wanna keep these episodes under 15 minutes, let's jump right in and get this one going. Human. What part of speech do you think of when you hear that word, when I just first said it, human? Do you think of a noun? Do you think of an adjective? If you said noun, welcome to the train that I've been traveling on when I think of this word. And if you said adjective, well, congratulations on being probably the person who views this term more accurately to how we're going to talk about it today. For some reason, every time I thought of the word human leading up to this episode, I thought of the noun form. And then I Googled it, and I realized that Google gave me adjective form first. It also, then it gave me a definition for adjective form second, and then another one third, and then another one fourth. And then finally, the fifth definition that Google gave was the noun form of the word. And as I mentioned last time, Google pulls from Oxford Dictionary. And so I thought, man, I'm already kind of behind the eight ball on this a little bit if I'm thinking of this as a noun. And really what I want to talk about today is the adjective form of this word. But since they're both kind of linked together, we're going to cover the noun form first quickly, and then we'll hit the adjective form after that. So the, human ver the, the noun form of the word human, I'm going to define out of the Cambridge Dictionary, and it's defined as a, quote, man, woman, or child, or, quote, a person. So to define and discuss that form of the word would require an additional four episodes to define man, woman, child, and person. And I don't think we've got the time for that. But if you think I'm exaggerating about that, let me ask you a few quick questions. How old can a human be before it's no longer a child? Are you sure about that number? If you are sure, great. Are we talking about physical age or are we talking about mental age? If you thought mental age is the best characteristic of child versus non-child, that's great. But for mental age, how are we measuring that age? Via logical processing ability or in terms of emotional maturity? If you're still 100% sure of when a child becomes not a child, 
I think you're doing better than I am. But I rest my case in relation to how complicated those four words are that are used to define human by Cambridge Dictionary, man, woman, child, or person. They all have so much complexity going on there. So let's look at the second form of human, the adjective form. And the Cambridge Dictionary provides us two definitions of the adjective form before it hits that noun version. And then it gives us two additional definitions after that noun version. So I'll give them to you in order. Number one, quote, being relating to or belonging to a person or to people as opposing to animals. Number two, having the qualities, faults, and feelings that people have as opposed to gods, animals, or machines. Number three, of or typical of people. And number four, quote, relating to people. For the purpose of today's discussion, I wanna focus on the first two definitions. In our last episode, we took some time to hash out how imperative the areas of a definition are, how it's not only important that we define what some word is, but also what it is not. And human is no different in that way. We want clear outlines of what is human and what is not human. And whatever human is, our definition tells us it's not animals, gods, or machines. At the very least, we know that it's not those things. As we struggle with and kind of reconcile what it actually means to be human, we can fall back on knowing it's not an animal, a god, or a machine. Our pronunciation is human. And I've said it a bunch of times, and you've said it a bunch of times in your life, so I think we can move on from that one. Let's hit our etymology before we jump into the connotations and the emotional context of this word. Our etymology, like several words from our last episode, goes back to the old French, and the word was humane. came up around in the 15th century, and it had the meaning of, quote, of or belonging to man, end quote. Before that, the word can be traced to the 12th century Latin word humanus, meaning, quote, of man, comma, human, end quote. But it also tries to give us a clearer picture of what human or man is by explaining it's, quote, humane, philanthropic, kind, gentle, polite, learned, refined, civilized, end quote. And once again, our etymology comes from etymonline.com. And as we dig into it, what's interesting about the word human is that its definition and its etymology end up being quite circular. Human is defined as man or woman. And yet if you try to define man or woman, those terms quickly find their way back to human. So how do you describe a man? Well, it's a human that's a male. How do you describe a woman? Well, it's a human that's a female. So if you need the thing in question to explain the thing itself, then you end up with a very circular explanation. Our Latin origin attempts to kind of frame that by giving characteristics of humanity in order to help us define it, since this definition itself is so circular. So they're saying, what, what separates a human from other things? Well, let's give you some of those terms. And those terms were 
humane, philanthropic, kind, gentle, polite, learned, refined, civilized. The trouble with this is that it gets us into trouble because it creates relationships with between terms that don't necessarily always come out to be correct. For example, if a living entity is, quote, civilized or learned slash educated, then it is indeed a human. Animals, machines, they don't become civilized. That's a human progression, and it's exclusively a human progression. However, the opposite is not necessarily true. A lack of civilization or education does not necessarily create a lack of humanity. We have to be careful here of falling into this one-way logic, saying, oh, well, civilized equals human, so uncivilized must equal not human. That's very far from correct. So let's get into how dangerous that is, and that's going to lead us directly to the connotations surrounding the word human. So like we just said, we're using the idea of civilization or education or something along those lines to say, this is what separates a human from a non-human. But that's a very poor bar of measurement because there's lots of things that are not, or different degrees, I should say, of civilization. And how you define those would then rule out or incorporate different people groups. And yet all those people groups are indeed human. Human is defined as an adjective. That means in terms of the English language or any language, it's a descriptor. It describes a noun or an entity. The noun version of human is an entity or object which the descriptive version can be applied to. That means that if the adjective human can be applied to the noun, then it is indeed a human. If it cannot be applied accurately, then it's not a human. So our definition of human, like many definitions, has created these two distinct groups, the human group and then the non-human group. Per our definition, non-human group includes specifically animals, gods, and machines. My guess is that those particular categories were chosen because they can mimic humans or they are similar in some ways to humanity. But we could also add plants, minerals, universal forces such as gravity, and countless other items that are in the non-human group. And as we add those items, it becomes clear quite quickly that the human group is much smaller and unique than the non-human group. The non-human group is vast and large and includes everything else that's not human. But to be a human, to be within the human definition, puts you in a very tiny subset in the scope of all existence. And that leads us directly into the first connotation I want to talk about today. Smallness, insignificance, pointlessness. To exist as an individual but to feel non-consequential to overall existence. Truthfully, the word human has this connotation to all sorts of different people. And it, but it also, at the same time, has the opposite connotation to some 
people. They will feel exclusive and unique. And by that, they'll think they're distinctly qualified to initiate and create change where the other entities cannot. They think of being human as being blessed, while the first group finds it tantamount to being cursed. Between these two diametrically opposed extremes, the word human has a bunch of other connotations and and emotional kind of tentacles. And that in itself, that reality is another connotation. And another emotional meaning of the word human relates directly to how complex being human is. It's almost like our connotation has a connotation here. Our One human will take joy in the complexity of how many different views there are and how many different ways there are to, quote, be human. And they'll long to search out all those different levels and, and how they reach and connect and intertwine together. And they'll, they'll want to search out those deep things. But another human will find the complexity of being that complex daunting and they'll be afraid and swallowed up by the depths of their of the unknowns and so what one finds so alluring the other will find terrifying and this vast difference and the gap between these two extremes leads us to another connotation and that is that we get division, right? We have these two extremes and we have everything in between them and they don't always agree. And so we end up with strife and conflict. And it's a, that's another connotation of the word human, uh, an emotion and an idea connected to violence, pain, war, loss, fear. For one person or human, the word human speaks of conquest, of dominion, of struggling to a point of ultimate success and satisfaction. But for another, the word human speaks of pain and violence to get to that place, of a struggle with no terminus other than ultimate defeat. So we have to be really careful when we start talking about human and that idea, because to some it's going to be a badge of honor while to others it's going to be a scarlet letter, a mark which they they despise and yet they cannot wash off because it's what they are. So I chose human today for this episode because every word we discuss after it will be in the context of being a human. Some of you listening will hate what humanity has caused and wish they possessed another identity outside of that existence. Others will see hope and possibility in how far the human has come in its history. That second group will take pride in the same failures which the first group wishes didn't exist. But they'll see them as progress instead of failure. Everything we've discussed today and everything we will discuss in the future episodes will revolve around our reality of being a human. We are the human group. We're the unique portion. We're the subset. And we cannot be otherwise, even if we wish to be. The best we can do is to take stock of what we are and where we are and plot a course we believe is right. Hopefully we can all start getting a better grasp then of how we interact, not only with our own group of humans, but also with the things outside of our group. And we're going to explore our internal group of humanity a little bit more next episode with the idea of the word rights, or in our case as humans, our human rights. 
Thank you for joining me today, and I hope to see you next time.